Good morning, and thank you for joining us on our third installment of Perspectives on Growth. I'm your host, Matt Johnston, CEO of Red Rock Strategic Partners. In our last episode, we talked about the challenge our industry faces with organic growth. Specifically, we tend to rely more on the efforts of the market than a defined organic plan to move us forward, and every statistic bears that reality out. So today, we'd like to offer a few tried-and-true ideas for developing a strong organic strategy. First, address your goals. As we said on the last episode, decide what your organic targets will be and then back it up with a pipeline of both new and existing relationship opportunities based on your current averages. So let's talk specifically about what that means. We must begin with a question. Is my firm or my practice willing to say, we believe that we can generate 10, 12, or even 15% growth from truly organic means regardless of what the market gives us? If in fact that's the case, we'll take the market appreciation on top as extra. We won't bet on it and we won't build it in. Then what percentage of that goal will come from new clients and what percentage will come from existing relationships? I believe that our business is really predicated on our averages. So we recommend that you look at average assets and average revenue per new household and average assets and average revenue per existing household. If you're in a bank or an insurance company, you may choose to use a wallet share metric or a yield metric or perhaps a GDR metric. Either way, manage your business and your goals around your current averages to ensure that you win. Second, where has success come from in the past? We believe strongly that success leaves clues, but only if we pay attention to those clues. Consistently reviewing the attributes of some of your most successful client relationships helps you, your team, and your firm move forward with new relationships and helps you better advise existing clients. Are there trends in the age segment of your clients? Perhaps the net worth or complexity of the relationships that you've worked best with? How about psychographics or how clients make buying decisions? How about the financial priorities that they have as first movers? Are there any consistencies that exist there? The more we understand the type of client that we work best with and that pays us the most, the better chance we have for our organic plan to have great success. Third, what makes your firm unique? We work with advisors, teams, and firms around the country. And when we ask the simple question, what makes your firm unique? We either get crickets or we get the traditional song and dance. I read a book, a great book, frankly, uh, a few years back called The Innovation Stack, written by Jim McKelvey. Jim is the co-founder of Square. One of the many uh, profound comments that he makes in the book is that innovation is really created when we're trying to find solutions to problems. In fact, he mentions that innovation is really built on the edges. We create our uniqueness in those moments, and yet we never memorialize those uniquenesses as differentiators in our business. This is a mistake, in my opinion, and can be leveraged in a major way. I'll share other insights from my learnings of this book in a future episode. Fourth, look at niches. While niches have been around since the beginning of our industry, they're highly underutilized. Niche markets are used by successful companies all around the world as a way of differentiating from the competition. Again, look at your best clients and the specific role that you've played in their financial lives, coupled with the technical 
and financial expertise that exists on your team and your firm? Is there something unique that we need to bring to market? Is there something that unique that we need to define on our website, that we need to build into social media, that we need to target as we go out and market our firm, our practice? Finally, in order to make time for organic growth, we've got to identify the things that have entered into our practice or our firm that we should really stop doing. Last week, I was on some calls with some advisors who spent a lot of time managing investment portfolios. And they're really good at what they do. But they've made over the years lots of exceptions in terms of holdings, rebalancing, and basically moved away from what they know actually works. As a result, they spend more time chasing those modifications and not time spent on organic growth efforts. When we asked if they were making more money with regard to those client exceptions or modifications, the answer was absolutely not. So what should we stop doing that has no value or very little value and refocus those efforts on organic growth? In a market where multiples are highest when our businesses are growing profitably and exponentially, organic growth should be a critical element. I hope a few of these thoughts motivate you to look at your own business and refine or redefine your organic growth plan. Have a great week.